Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You hear me say it each week. There are tons of great shirts over at LoisRules.com. And a lot of those shirt designs are on even more things at BoxAgimmicks.com, the official store of What Happened When and all of Conrad's ad-free show podcasts. What kind of things, you may ask? You got coffee mugs, hoodies, tall sizes, tumblers, and stickers. We got Dave Silva's cover art on posters. Heck, we even got a What Happened When dog bowl. One of the best ways to support the show is to pick up a shirt at lewisrules.com or a gimmick at boxagimmicks.com. You'll be glad you did. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip twinkle twinkle rose is here. But time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's Day when she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets, and you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Go now to see this real 24-karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24-karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky. Exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24-karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, daughter, or sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Stephen's Famous Roses. Roses started only $59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. I'm sure by now you've all heard that the stock market has gone absolutely crazy and a lot of people have made a lot of money and a lot of people have lost a lot of money, but unfortunately one of the byproducts was interest rates started to creep up. You see, typically we see the Dow Jones work directly inversely with the 10 year bond. So if the stocks are having a great day, well, it might mean that the 10 year bond is not. And when that happens, it means interest rates start to creep up. So we did get a few worsen notices over the last week, and that should serve as a reminder to you. If you've been on the fence about refinancing, now is the time we've identified the floor. Rates aren't going to get any lower than they are right now. There's only one place for them to go. And that's up 
hurry before it's too late to save with conrad.com. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, but if you're in a 30 year loan, you're going to be able to pay your house off in half the time with roughly the same monthly payment. Just check out Mario from California. He says everything that Conrad says on his podcast about first family mortgage is true. The whole process was simple and easy. Jimmy was easy to work with. Not only was he able to knock 10 years off of my loan, my interest rate went from 4.25 to 2.62. Thank you to Conrad and his team. You made this veteran very happy. I'll definitely be recommending first family mortgage to my friends and family. What are you waiting for? We've got five-star reviews one after another from families, just like yours who either a needed to knock out some credit card debt and lower their monthly payment by five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month, or folks who were in a 30 year loan and didn't think they could afford a 15 year loan, but now they're paying their house off in half the time. And they're doing it with roughly the same monthly payment. These rates won't last forever. And I want to make sure your debt doesn't last forever. Get a quick quote right now. We're licensed in more than 40 States. It truly is fast and easy at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? If you haven't already made your February payment, you won't have to make your February or your March payment. You're done until April. Find out how easy it is right now for free with a quick quote at savewithconrad.com. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA, TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede, Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics, Turner, Bond, and Mid-South Joy World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win, look, Shivani's back again, World Title Split, Off-Center Stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order, and The Crow, Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a long try not to laugh, lowest rules cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Zing's a good looking man. Quad like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, Hey Hey. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? How are you? Man, better than I deserve. Happier than a puppy with two Peters, but busier than a one-armed paper hanger. And so excited to be here with you today. We're watching Superstars on the Superstation. And when you and I last recorded, I didn't even realize this was on the network, but it is. It aired February 7th, 1986. Uh, for whatever reason, February 1st, 1986 is not on the network. So we called a bit of an audible 
rather than skipping until February 8th, we're going to watch the February 7th special that they've been promoting. You know, the one where they're saying, send us your cards, send us your letters. And then later, don't send a letter. Please just send a card. Who are your dream matches? Uh, and it's pretty great when, um, I had a chance to catch up with Mr. Jim Crockett jr. And we spent nearly five hours shooting a 4k interview that'll air on adfreeshows.com. Once we wrapped, I had lunch brought in and we had just, uh, the old WCW show here playing in the background and you guys were promoting this pretty hard. What's your dream match? Send us a postcard, send us a letter. And in between bites of chicken Parmesan, I asked Mr. Uh, Crockett, Hey, so he's like, oh yeah, we worked it. And I, I don't know <laughs> why, but just the idea. So matter of factly at his advanced age, oh yeah, we worked it. I didn't even have to finish the question. He knew exactly what I was talking about. And this is a pretty fun show. And there's a lot of unique stuff here. It's much different than the Saturday show because you don't have a bunch of enhancement matches. You've got house show quality, big event style matches, right? Yeah. Which was kind of unusual for Jim Crockett to do those days. This is the, uh, this is the impact of the superstation on what we did. Jim Crockett would have never done this. I don't think, and I know you've talked to him. He probably, uh, can, uh, address this uh, better than I can, but it, uh, I feel that J Jim Crockett promotions would have never put these type of matches on TV. One of the ways you can tell we worked it was Ronnie Garvin on his promos leading up to this is talking about Ric Flair and he wrestles Ric Flair on this show, right? The, the Russians are talking about. Uh, the road warriors and they wrestle on this show, rock and roll express, midnight express wrestle on the show. And so if you think that because they're on this special show, that is going to hurt, uh, the house show business, you're wrong because rock and roll express, midnight express went on in 86 to just set gang, but I don't I'm not gonna say records, but just sell out everywhere. So it was, it was, uh, it was a great show. We also have, uh, dusty Rhodes and Willie Nelson which is, uh, I was involved in that. That brings back some memories. The late Benny Parsons is going to be on here. Uh, and we got Linda Curry, who you and I have been racking our brains and Googling with the Google machine, trying to find out who Linda Curry was. She was co-hosting with Magnum TA in this. Uh, and we still don't know. And maybe Magnum can help us out a little bit. Well, it is one of those fun mysteries. And eventually I was like, Hey, uh, we know the Crockett's so we should just fucking ask. Mm -hmm. We can't figure it out. So, uh, as best we can tell, she was just, uh, a pretty face. They wanted to try out and put on. And, um, I don't think we saw much of her after that, or she would have left more of an impression on you. <laughs> you know, maybe we should have just texted Rick. He probably remembers. Yeah, probably. I, when I first saw her, I was thinking maybe she was, uh, was like on Turner broadcasting for some way, like, I don't know, headline news, or maybe, you know, uh, Ted had this show that was kind of a flop and, and, and I'm sorry it was a flop. Cause I liked it. It was called good news. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. He had a show called good news, which he just talked about good news, uh, which you never see anymore at all. Uh, you never see good news at all anymore on TV. Uh, but so maybe she was a hostess of that. I don't know. So anyway, so anyway, it's pretty cool. And, um, uh, I'm uh, pretty excited about it. Hey, also, I'd like to say uh, this, uh, which is uh, kind of came out as a big story, I guess, well, within the last week that uh, if you're going to join us on the WWE network, you're going to have to go to a different platform pretty soon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, actually, because one day uh, in a couple of months, you and I will be able to say, 
uh, fire up your peacock. Uh, because yeah, that's, that's the new deal here. The WWE network will be, uh, collapsing into the peacock network or streaming service, if you will, if you're here in America, but of course the rest of the world will be able to maintain their existing WWE network platform. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll be interested to see what that looks and feels like, but I'm for it. You know, anything that makes these companies more money and they can pay their people more and, um, have more resources. Why not? So a billion dollars over five years, that's good for every wrestling promotion. Uh, it's tremendous. It's a, a tremendous business deal for Vince and his stockholders, and they can do exactly what they want to do. All the people who have worked hard on their digital platform, who have, uh, tried to do some in, you know, do inputs and uh, make sure that this, they can all get fired and, uh, he can save a lot of money by doing that. And now, uh, just the, uh, the NBC people will, will man it. So that's exactly what it was for. So oh, congratulations. So you have inside information. No, I don't have inside information, but that's pretty obvious. I mean, uh, a guy with three eyes could see that what's going on. So you think all of the Peacock people will now be working on dubbing in yeah. music and, and yeah. knowing what to blur and what not to blur. That definitely won't be something WWE does. You fucking goof. No, there'll, there'll be a still, there'll be some, still be some, uh, people, but there is, there's a lot of people that you have to, uh, you have to input, uh, metadata yeah. and, uh, it takes forever. It takes forever. And now they'll have all the NBC people do it and they can fire all the people, uh, in the WWE. So it's, it's a great move for the stockholders. It's a great move for stock. It's a great move for the company. I get it. When were the layoffs announced, Tony, since you have all this inside track, I don't know. You're you, you and Bruce are blow buddies. Maybe he can tell you, I don't know. Well, Maybe here's an idea. Maybe you don't get on here and run your dick sucker about things you don't know about. Well, yeah. Well, you do that all the time. Oh, okay. Well, when I do it, I'm doing it as a fan. When you you don't call me a dick sucker, motherfucker. I didn't. I said, I said, run your dick sucker. Okay. Listen, I'm not the one to put them on the cock network. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. I said that right after you said you are blow buddies with Bruce Pritchard. Why are you getting hot? First thing in the morning? Well, you're getting hot at me. You said, why don't you tell us what you know? I'm here to talk about 1986 NWA (laughs) and you want to shit on Vince. Shut the fuck up and let's watch Crockett shit. God damn it. What's wrong with you? I'm Have you been hanging out with JR already? <laughs> How you wake up mad, motherfucker? I'm Shit. not shitting. I'm not shitting on Vince. I think it's a great business move. But it's pretty obvious that when they move oh. everything to Peacock, that they're going to restructure their company. Do you know they're, they're digital, and that means people are going to get laid off. It always happens. Do you, do you know what happens when you make assumptions? You make an ass out of you and me. Well, not me, motherfucker, because we're going to paint you looking like a clown. Let's just see well, how it shakes hey, out. I, get, let me tell you this. I hope I am painted like a clown. I hope I'm wrong. I hope everybody there that works in digital for WWE keeps their job. Me too. I hope I'm wrong. I like when people keep their jobs. I do too. Let's talk about something that's not on the network. Because, because I, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. They... Who's they people, people who work in wrestling behind the scenes are hardworking people. Yes. I know they are, man. I I, I've seen it. I've seen it on many. I I saw it here in 86. I saw it with the WWE that one year I saw with WCW. I've seen it with AEW. Every place I've gone, you got hardworking people behind the scenes whose names you never hear. 
And I know here in the modern era in 2021, you got some people busting their ass for the network. I hope they keep their job when it moves over to the cock. I hope. I, I don't know if they will or not. That's all I got to say about that. Not everybody behind the scenes work works hard. For instance, stupid ass Stan, our producer here, uh, he did nothing for this show other than mm-hmm. open the Zoom link and click record. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't do shit. Well, you know what I'm saying? That needs that that needs to be addressed with the leadership of a company that he works for. Well, I don't know who that would be. Mm, hey, me either. So let's talk about what happened on February first. We mentioned that episode is not on the network, but I just want to explain what happened so you understand how the storylines have progressed. Okay. Again, this is the TV taping that happened at the WTBS studios still hosted by Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. But for whatever reason, the February 1st episode is not on the network, but thanks to our friends over at the history of WWE.com, which if you're not a regular visitor there, especially when you're looking up nostalgia stuff, you're missing out. It's the history of WWE.com. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Here's the recap that they had written up for February 1st. The NWA world champion, Ric Flair and NWA TV champion, Arn Anderson defeated Don Canoodle and the Italian stallion in six minutes and 33 seconds. When stallion submitted to Flair's figure four prior to that bout, Tony Schiavone conducted an interview with Jim Crockett jr. Alongside NWA TV champion, Arn Anderson, in which he said the national tag team titles were officially vacated due to the injury. Ole Anderson sustained January 1st. Crockett then walked away as Arn yelled at him with Arn then noting no team beat them for the titles. And he was offended national heavyweight champion. Dusty Rhodes didn't mention him earlier in the show. Mm. So it's official now because only sustained an injury on new year's day and has been out of action for 30 days. They were not able to defend their national tag team titles. And as a result, Jim Crockett jr. Makes a fairly rare appearance and strips Arn and Ole of those titles. So we've seen in all of our promos leading up to this, Arn was a dual champion. He would wear the TV title and have the national tag over his shoulder. He's now officially been stripped of the national tag team championship. Uh, and, uh, now here we are, this aired on February 7th, but it actually happened the very next day after that TV taping, it happened on February 2nd. Uh, and it happened uh, at the Omni there in Atlanta. So that's what we're about to watch superstars on the Superstation. Now here's how we found this, at least on my end, Tony, I logged into the WWE network, uh, which has a lot of metadata and is handled by a lot of employees behind mm-hmm. the scenes in WWE who we hope still get their job once they move to the cock. And I hope that you keep your job, Tony. I mean, I really mm-hmm. do. I think I will. You click the magnifying glass in the top right-hand corner and just type in superstars on the Superstation. And ta-da, you'll see, there it is. One hour, 28 minutes from February 7th, 1986. And Tony, my understanding is that we have a very special guest countdown today. We have a trio of, of, of guests as countdown. And it's a very, I'd like to say very well done. Uh, it comes from Rocco, Frank Bruno, and, uh, the mental patient himself, Carl Mandick. Carl Mandick is a wild child. Yeah, he's uh, he's out of control, but he knows that, you know, a lot of people who are out of their fucking head don't realize it, but uh, he does. Well, he comes from a long line of great man dicks. And most have one that are man, except me and stupid ass Stan. And I used to have one. I don't anymore. You ready? Yes. I'm ready for a countdown. If that's what we're teasing, I sure am. Well, you're getting really snippy, aren't you? 
Well, I'm not exactly sure because I threw to it and then you asked me if I was ready. So now I'm like, am I playing the video right now? Snippy, man. Or are we doing a countdown? Stay, I don't know how you deal with this fucker because he can get so fucking belligerent quickly. Nicest guy in the world. Piss him off. Your day's fucking ruined. Well, so here's an, here's a pro tip. Don't piss me off. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. easy. Hey, you ready? I've been ready. You motherfucker. <laughs> In three, two, one, here comes our <laughs> countdown. That was not our countdown. By what the, way. the fuck are you doing? Tony? Wait a that was not our. How countdown. are you just mad at this? No. Play the goddamn tape. Hit pause. Go back to double zero, 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 zero. We'll do it again. And here comes our countdown. Hello, Slap Dicks. I'm Rocco, loyal WHW supporter from Yonkers, New York. I'm Frank Bruno. I'm a low-key big hog from the Little Estate, Rhode Island. Mandic here, low-key big hog, Scottsdale by way of Chicago IL. Hello, everyone. We are back here at Batwing Stadium for the softball showdown of the century. We've got the Psychos versus the Stooges. <laughs> Terry T on the mound, bottom of the sixth. Bases juiced as a vicious man steps to the plate, grinding his teeth. A noodle arm delivery from... Oh, Sid Yudi! Parks it, unlike Shivani backing up a company-rented SUV. A whack-a-boom! He is the master and the ruler of the universe. I don't believe what I just saw. Touch them all, Sid, in three, two, and one. Play. Presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties. Mm. Someone had to key that in, Tony. Hope they keep their yeah, job. I, yeah, I hope they do too. Track it. Here we go. Here's one to Curry. She's going to be my guest host tonight. And we've got some very exciting wrestling matches coming your way, plus a very special interview with my friend, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Roy Nelson. What do you think about all this, Linda? I am ecstatic. I'm so excited to be here. I'm becoming a fan fast tonight. I bet you would rather be down there wrestling than up here sitting in a tux with me, though, wouldn't you? Well, I, I feel pretty comfortable sitting here beside <laughs> you, but yes, I would rather be in the ring. But let's go to ringside right now with two men that are, in their own right, stars on the Superstation. I'm talking about David Crockett and Tony Schiavone. Great. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Superstars. On the Superstation! Trucking Tom Miller there, buddy. As you can see, we are ready to go live, huh? aren't we? I mean, my God, he threw to... Here we go. Like Tom Miller said, welcome to the Superstars on the Superstation. Special edition of World Championship Wrestling. I'm David Crockett. And Tony, we have the matches. The matches are here. The dream matches that all you fans have written in. Thousands upon thousands of cards and letters came in. We tabulated, and we've got them. David, we have four matches for our fans here tonight. And you know, of all across the country, people wanted to see, well, I want to see Ric Flair and Ron Garvin. I want to see the Midnight Express, the Rocket Roll Express for those World Tag Team titles. They want you to see, see it so easily. <laughs> they want to see the Russians against the Road Warriors. They want to see Dusty against Tully. Well, we got them right for you here tonight. Let us tell you, though, it's TV, one fall, 20-minute time limit for all of these matches. That's right, and that makes it harder because they're going to go all out for that 20 minutes. And, of course, the last match, which will be Ric Flair going up against Ron Garvin for the World 
heavyweight title will be television time remaining. Yes. Excitement Plus here tonight, special edition, Superstars on the Superstation. And Ron Garvin has Ric Flair's number. Here's Jim Cornette already in the ring Ladies after commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, the hour of midnight has fallen. I present to you now the next tag team champions of the world, Liverboy Dennis and beautiful Bobby, the Midnight Express. So let's talk about what we got here. Truck and Tom Miller is our uh, ring announcer. Of course, Jim Cornette always introduces the Midnight Express. The production quality here leaves a little to be desired, but I kind of like you know, this old primitive sort of look that we've got, there's not a lot of lighting. We do have a, a, a nice enough little entrance set here, but I love the spotlight on the way to the ring. And I know that you sometimes have gone back and forth on this, but I like when the arena is dark and there's a spotlight that follows them. And the only real light is right over the ring. And Arn Anderson often says that when you have a crowd sitting in the dark, they'll cheer louder. They're less sort of self-conscious about making a fool of themselves Right. Hooting and hollering. And when you light them up, it looks better on TV maybe. And you do showcase how full it is. And you're showing off how popular your product is with an ass every 18 inches, like JR used to say, but they tend to be a little quieter. So you get a more raucous crowd if it's in the dark. And I kind of like the spotlight look that we have here. W what do you think of the presentation that we're looking at right now? Well, I, I really like it. Uh, it was a different society back then. And let me tell you why people were a little bit more reserved and Arn is right. The darker, the crowd, the better they cheered. Right. JR say that all the time. When, uh, you know, when we started working together at WCW, he said, you light the goddamn crowd. No one wants to cheer. You put them in the dark and they'll go crazy. And he was right. Of course. Now fast forward to the day where everyone wants to be seen on TV. Everyone wants to, uh, be a part of the show. That wasn't the way society was back in 1986. Right. So it, it just shows how society has changed. I like it. I really do like this. The NBA did that too. I don't know if you remember many years ago, um, they had the NBA all-star game in Atlanta. And I think it was, may have been Jordan's last NBA all-star game. I'm not sure they had, uh, it was, it was kind of a, a throwback to the seventies and they darkened, uh, Phillips arena. They darkened it like they used to do. And it was, it was a great atmosphere. And, and I like this. And I wonder, you know, I, I guess only David could answer this. I, I just wonder how much of this production was paid for by TBS and how much was paid for by uh, Jim Crockett promotions. And I, I have to wonder uh, who was in charge of, of all this. Uh, it looks like to me, does it look like you to you that there there's blood on the canvas? Yeah. It feels like there were matches earlier in the night, uh, for yeah. a live crowd. Yeah. Because I mean, you can see that it's stained to shit, but I do like, let's talk about what's different here. This is not your regular Crockett canvas. It says Superstation, imprinted all over the ring. So on all four corners, very reminiscent of boxing in the era. I love the look also the rock and roll express now are in the ring and we see they're wearing the NWA world championship tag team titles. And this is sort of the old school look, the, um, I guess it's like a Vartanian look. It's like a cast version of the titles, not the traditional. I think when people think of the NWA tag team titles in this era, they think of the blue tags. At least I do. I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of remember these being, um, 
the tag titles before, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But I guess this is here they are. And, and I love the look of those, the seven platers. What do you think of those belts? Yeah, I like them too. I, I think that not many people, uh, except for, you know, belt guys like you, or as I call them belt snobs, like you, uh, know the difference. Uh, I remember the ones that the Andersons used to wear back in the day, mm. which I guess these are the copies of, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. They did two yeah. versions of that. They did the regular right. and then like a 25th anniversary, but, uh, like Rick rude had them and blah, blah, blah. This is Dave Silva. It pause on your watch long right now. I'll tell you when to hit play again in just a moment. As you know, I've been exiled from the Conradison. So I have a lot of extra free time on my hands. So that's why I'm doing these damn watch along pauses and plays. Thanks for sticking with me. All right, listen up, boys and girls gather around. It's time to talk about our favorite thing here on the show. Tony's ding dong. Tony's ding dong is sponsored by bluechew.com. Tony decided to get his dick on the gas. And I don't know if that's before or after he started riding the bicycle and eating better and doing DDPY and losing all this weight and hanging out with Britt Baker. Wait, do we need to tell Lois what's going on here? Cause my country math says two plus two. That's her problem. All right. Here's the deal. Tony never had a problem getting that ding dong real hard, but what he wanted to do was put on a show. What? Wait, hang on. He says he's not doing anything. Why is Tony? It's her problem. I guess at bluechew.com, you get the first chewables with the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. Now I want to tell you, not only is it a chewable, so it can work faster. It's also cheaper. And here's why you skip the in-person doctor's visit. Instead, you work with a bluechew.com affiliated physician to help you find the right dosage and active ingredient that's best for you and your body. So that online physician consult, guess how much that is free. And it only takes a few minutes to connect with one of those affiliated physicians over at bluechew.com. And if you qualify, you get prescribed online very quickly. Let's recap. No in-person doctor visit, no awkward conversation. Oh, and did I mention no waiting in line at the pharmacy? Because Blue Chew is going to ship directly to your door in discreet packaging. The chewables from BlueChew.com are made in the USA. You know, the old red, white, and blue chew. Blue Chew is going to give you confidence in bed every time. You and your partner will love it. So chew it and do it. And here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order for free when you use promo code WHW. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. And our promo code is WHW. Like what happened when Tony got a divorce? He might not be, he might just be doing these for fun. I don't know, but here's the deal. It's legit. And you already know that because your favorite wrestler gets his ding dong extra hard with blue chew. It's true. Oh, it's damn true. No, I'm not just talking about the fact that the Kurt angle show will start for free this Sunday, super Sunday, anywhere you enjoy podcasts. I'm talking about what you've heard me say on the podcast for years. Don't take my word for it. Check out Mark from Middletown, Ohio. He says, everyone was extremely helpful and kind to me from the first day all the way until we closed. I always felt like everyone I interacted with had one goal and that was to save me money. I couldn't recommend them enough. Now I can finally say I proved my wife wrong. A wrestling podcaster really can save you a ton of money. Just don't tell her I said that. 
We helped Mark save a ton of cash. He gave us a five-star review. We made it fast and easy. And as a reminder, I'm in Alabama. He's in Ohio. We're doing this in more than 40 states right now. Yes, including your state. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But I'm telling you, if you're in a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? It sounds too good to be true, but First Family Mortgage can do it for you right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Okay, get ready to hit play now. There you see Midnight Express really taking it to the Rock and Roll Express right away. I love that look, by the way, when Ricky was coming to the ring here and he's uh, standing on the outside of the apron. And we shot him from below and you had those colored lights above the ring and you've got all those different colors and he's got a little spotlight on him. It looked big time. It looked special. And I I know the production quality, as far as the lighting and all of that at times is maybe not to everyone's taste, but they went out of their way to try to make this show look different and look special than what you would normally see on TBS. And I think they accomplished that. I do too. I, it, it's a good look. It's it's a big time look, and I'm I'm also noticing. I think probably you have as well. All the different photographers. See them here at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Not only that, but look at the big stick in the background. That's how they used to mic the ring here. Uh-huh. Uh, instead right. of hanging a microphone, you know, underneath the ring and and down from the ceiling over the ring, they've got microphones on a stick here that are going to pick up in ring action, but also pick up the reaction from the crowd. I don't know, dude. I just dig it. And I dig the old guardrails, you know, that these days the WWE has not only the, uh, the mats around the ring on the floor, but they've also got the little perimeter. Uh, everyone else in wrestling uses those old little bike rack deals. And sometimes they'll dress them up like you guys do in AEW and certainly ring of honor has for a long time, but this is a much more primitive, just a couple of blue bars and it just, I don't know, man, it looks cool to me. It's old school and I dig it. And I love this angle. Now we go to the, the hard cam view, uh, and they're not just being stationary. They're zooming it in, they're zooming it out. They're painting left and right. I, I know you, you've sometimes been critical of TBS production and they certainly deserve their criticism, but so far so good on this show, man. I kind of dig it. Yeah, me too. I like the look and I like that hard that you were talking about that hard. I call that the Madison square garden, hard cam, mm-hmm. hard angle. You know, that's the way they shot MSG a lot, uh, from that angle. I, I like it. And, uh, I don't, I don't think they probably use it enough, but, uh, we had, uh, I was looking around to see if Jackie Crockett was at ringside and, and he's not, I was going to say, if he was at ringside, this is probably the first time Jackie shot a show on TBS. Jackie would shoot the shows for us. And we go out and do syndication. I see. He was part of Emerson Lawson's crew and Wayne Daniel, that crew that worked for Jim Crockett full-time. And uh, I guess, uh, again, we've talked about this before. The TBS people wanted their own people to work it. Uh, And I do recognize some of the people, some of the people I don't. I can't remember their names, but I do remember working with them. Uh, The, uh, let's see, I'm trying to, the the guy in the yellow shirt, he's a longtime uh, ring guy for the Omni. Security. No, just kind of a guy that brought back, uh, the coats. Oh, I got just, you. Just, and he also helped set up the ring. So he was like kind of a ring attendant and he was there. I mean, you can go back, you can go back and, and watch like the, the battle of Atlanta, you know, that one. Yeah. And you can, you can see him at, at ringside as well. Charlie McGowan usually was the, was the guy that kept the time, uh, the ring announcer, uh, 
back during this era was uh, at the Omni was me. I did the ring announcing at the Omni back in there, but uh, they had Truck and Tom do it here because Tom was the best. <clears throat> and you'll notice that beside us, a guy with gray hair, that is uh, Charlie McGowan, who's Scrappy McGowan's dad. Uh, and uh, Charlie was the timekeeper. Charlie and I had such a great time at the Omni when we would do the shows. I, I know I've said this many times. We would uh, we would have the uh, we would break for intermission, right? And then Charlie would come out and he would look at me. He would say Broadway, hmm. and I and I go fuck because yeah. we all wanted to make that eleven fifteen flight to to Charlotte, the yeah. Eastern Airlines flight. So, like for instance, I remember Brad Armstrong, Ric Flair, and he he came out and he said Broadway. I said, there's no fucking way these two are going to go Broadway. He said, Broadway. I said, all right. So every 10 minutes, I would cut off two minutes. So the fans think it was a Broadway. It would end up being like, what, uh, 20 minutes less, something like that, 15 minutes less. They really didn't go Broadway because it was my thought that unless you had a stopwatch in the crowd, you really didn't know. It would have been 48 minutes, Tony. 40, thank you, 48 minutes. So uh, thanks for thanks for doing the arithmetic. So here's what, uh, something else I noticed, notice in the ringside seats in the corners where they might have security guards or people like that, they're, they're folding chairs, mm-hmm. but the people I believe, cause I just saw a couple empty seats in the front row. Maybe somebody was taking a whiz or getting a drink. It's like a plastic seat. You would sit in, in school where mm-hmm. it's like a one piece construction. I don't know why, but all the old stuff about these shows really tickles me. And I was. Happy to know, cause I don't think I, I really registered that that was the case and maybe it wasn't always, but you see that Winston logo in the background, which is, you know, a, a tobacco brand. And of course mm-hmm. these days you could never see that, but I've seen that in so many photos. I don't think I put two and two together that that was the Omni that anytime I saw that Winston thing, it yeah. was the Omni, right? That's kind of cool. And I like that. You can't really see the crowd. It's just darkness. And then occasionally you'll see a couple of lights in the background around the concourse. Mm-hmm. Cause the Omni was a, was a big venue. I mean, it was like, as uh, Arn Anderson calls it the Madison square garden of the South. Yeah, it was a big, the Omni. And for, again, you can go back and take a look at every territory back in the day, the Omni for Atlanta, Greensboro for mid Atlantic Madison square garden for the WWF. Um, I, I'm sure that, uh, that the AWA had their, you know, big venue. Um, not so sure what that was because I didn't follow them. Maybe it was uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. I'm not so sure, but everybody had their big venue that they always brought out the big guns in. And, and this was it. Although, you know, uh, this, I, I, uh, this kind of looks like a different crowd. I want to tell you why, because you got kids in the front. And you got a guy with a tie on. Uh, I was noticing that man. It's not, it's not your paint by numbers wrestling crowd. No, no, you're, you're right. It's, it's, I, it's not the regular Omni crowd. I don't think very interesting on on this. I just, uh, some of those guys may be TBS executives. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Wanted to see wrestling. Wanted to see, let's see. We got wrestling on our station. We don't like it. We like Andy Griffith or we like the Braves. Or we'd like Captain Planet. We don't like that wrestling stuff. We at CNN. Yeah, fuck you. Hey, I want to. You know, you were saying I was in a bad mood. Listen to the way you're. You're mad at. You're, I was in a good it. mood until you motherfucked me before we started. I was in a good mood until you okay. just started to make it all about fuck WWE. We're talking. I didn't. I didn't say. I was congratulating WWE for going to the Cock Network. I think it's great. 
Why do you keep calling it the cock network? Well, because peacock is two syllables and I want to, I'm going to kind of button up how many syllables I use today. Okay. That's cool. Do that for everything else and not just WWE stuff, please. Okay. Hey, so, uh, if you're a younger fan, I want you to go ahead and throw in your Google machine, Omni Coliseum and just click Google images because the building itself, it had a very unique look. Did it not Tony? It was like an octagon shaped. It's just the, 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 the roof is different and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an interesting looking building. Of course it was demolished in 1997. I don't know why y'all keep doing that over in Atlanta. I like, I like the old Georgia dome. It was fine. I saw so yeah. many great shows there and now it's gone forever. And so are those great memories, including Hulk Hogan and Goldberg. And don't get me wrong. The new arena is fucking something else. I, I, I mean, the Mercedes Benz stadium is fantastic. I'm not knocking it. It's terrible, but. God, I'm, well, nothing was wrong with the old one. And I like the exactly. history of the old stuff. And I don't know, go check out the Omni, just pictures of the building. If you never got to actually go see a show there or don't remember seeing it, it's an interesting looking venue. And, uh, it's really important for the history of wrestling. Yeah. And uh, Phillips arena, which is the venue now, uh, Phillips arena was, um, is on where the, on the site where the Omni was, they just, right. Same place. But, but I agree. I, I like the Georgia dome, you know, uh, Turner field didn't last long and it opened up in 97, I believe the year after the Olympics. And I think it made it about what, not even 15 years. Yeah. And they, they opened up a new uh, stadium up in Cobb County uh, out of Atlanta. So Atlanta has had, uh, it's had plenty of money out there apparently for its sports teams. And, uh, I just, uh, I hope the sports teams, uh, come through for them. Well, the soccer team has MSL, the Atlanta United. I'm sorry, not the Atlanta United, Atlanta United FC. Let me just pitch this. If Laura, if if you, if Lauren Yaffe is a fan of them, they probably suck. Yeah. She has a tendency to, uh, pick lovable losers. She picks lovable losers, except for Eric Bischoff. We Mm. know Eric Bischoff ain't never been nothing but a winner. Right. And boy, she loves him. Oh God. On a way that maybe only Mrs. B can relate to. I know. I mean, you, you see Lauren on, uh, on it and I I've done, you know, many, uh, zoom calls on Patreon with her and on ad free shows. And as soon as you see her, you see Eric's picture in the back on her wall. Yeah. It's, it says in Eric, we trust. Mm, amazing. So yeah, she's, she's like the, the Falcons, South Carolina Cox, um, which are not the same as the Peacock Network. No, the Cock Network. The Cock Network. Man, how about a top rope knee drop? Can we just talk about that for a minute? Let's mm. process what we just saw. I feel like that gets glossed over a lot. Bobby Eaton, one of the best in-ring performers of all time, been well-established here on the show, and, well, anytime you've ever heard anyone talk about working with him, he climbs to the top rope, jumps off, and then comes down with a knee drop and does not hurt the guy. No, that's a fucking skill, man. And I, I, every time I saw that, I often wondered how, how many, how he hurt his own knee by doing that. Oh God. He had to he, just destroy yeah. himself, but yeah, he, he took the brunt of it, all of it, not the brunt of it. All of yeah. it. I've talked mm-hmm. to guys who took it and they said, man, I never felt a thing. Yeah. And, and process what we're talking about there. You're 240 pounds or whatever, jumping off the top rope knee first towards the guy's face. And he doesn't feel a thing. God bless Bobby Eaton. One of the all-time greats. And man, if he, 
you know, obviously he did his best work when he's with Cornette because he had a powerful mouthpiece. So Cornette could piss you off and get you riled up and, you know, evoke all these emotions. And then Bobby could go in the ring and do what he does better than anybody else. I mean, when mm-hmm. you make a short list of great in ring performers in this era who maybe didn't get the, uh, the prime time spotlight on a, in a singles position. Mm-hmm. Bobby Eaton's got to be near the top of that list. Bobby knew his craft, man. And, uh, we had him, uh, with us in Nashville at a stage show. Oh, tremendous guy. Just one of the nicest guys in the world and wouldn't say anything bad about anybody. No. And, and we're saying like on stage or backstage, right? Complimentary and polite and respectful mm-hmm. for everyone. And if we said something shitty. He wouldn't chime in, but he might just tilt his head, grin and point. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was, yeah, he's just a good guy. Yeah. I wish he was still performing. I wish he could wrestle till he was a hundred. Yeah. I do too. It's funny. I ran into him once years ago at the uh, NWA legends fan fest. I'm at the bar, of course. And uh, he comes up to the bar and he's waiting on the bartender to come over. And I said, Huntsville's finest. And he turns and he says, what you know about Huntsville? I said, I'm from Huntsville. He says, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I am. And he said, well, I went to school in Huntsville. What schools are in Huntsville? So I start rattling them off and he's like, holy shit, you're from Huntsville. (laughs) But it's like, why would anybody think it's cool to brag about being from Huntsville? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's not a cool thing to say. I'm from Huntsville. Well, if you're an Alabama and Huntsville's pretty cool, right? Let me mention the, uh, the dark matches that happened. On this card uh, before we went live here, we're Ron Bass fighting the barbarian to a draw. So that must've been thrilling. That was a strength contest that they were talking about. You know, we did a promo on, uh, Baron von Raschke defeated the Italian stallion who Mm. was substituting for Sam Houston Mm. and the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant defeated the NWA television champion, Arn Anderson by DQ. The show also included. An opening video package of Magnum TA arriving to the arena on his motorcycle to the tune of Willie Nelson's Georgia on a fast train. So we know why it didn't air because they couldn't here on the network. I mean, they couldn't play Willie Nelson's song, which he obviously gave them permission for in this era. Right. We also saw Bob Cottle backstage with Ricky and Robert Gibson as they were getting dressed for their upcoming title defense. And, um, they showed some footage of the rock and rolls beating the Russians to win the tag team titles. They played a commercial for the Starcade 85, uh, VHS, the home video, as they called mm-hmm. it back then. And they also sh- showed footage of the Russians assaulting the road warrior animal with uh, a chain at the WTBS studios and hanging road warrior Hawk with the chain during the syndicated taping. They had mm-hmm. Magnum speak with a race car driver, Benny Barton's. So th- there's lots of production and, and context, if you will, mm-hmm. provided here on the show. And some of right. that still makes the network. Some of it does yeah. not, but yeah. we've got a great match here going, man, with, uh, with the rock and rolls and the midnights and they get plenty of time here, 16 minutes and 27 seconds. And it's a pretty major moment that we don't want to miss. Also, uh, the, the rate, the NASCAR driver is Benny Parsons. Uh, and I don't know if the, our. Okay. Our history of WWE people had uh, put it in there right. You know, metadata is pretty big. Yeah. 
pretty important when you're working online. Yeah. That's why all those people are going to get laid off. Tony has the inside track. So, you know, go ahead and print that and attribute that quote to Tony Schiavone and make sure you quote it that it came from the one. No, 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 no. Again, again, the big round guy with the beard is, is a lie. No, no. I, that's what I, I was trying I, to argue I, about I, earlier. Cause people, I said, I hope they don't, but you said, you know, they will. I did so not now. say, I know they will. I said, I'm sure some will. Okay. I well, hope they don't rocket launcher, baby. What do you think of the rocket launcher as a tag team, like a, a double team maneuver? I've always thought uh, it was underrated. I love it. Absolutely. Love it. Look how these kids bump now, buddy boy. That is the definition and the epitome of a hot tag. Mm-hmm. Ricky Morton comes in and it's usually the other way around. Ricky Morton's the one doing all the selling and yeah. he tags in Robert Gibson, but we f- finally saw it happen the other way. Weird little cross body and he covered him, but the other guys are in the ring. So Peewee's Here not going to make the count. The double drop. Oh, we got a referee bump. Jesus Christ. First match on TV. And Peewee was hesitant to just go with it. <laughs> yeah. I think he was hesitant because of, again, it's dangerous out there with that concrete. Oh my God. Jim Cornette comes in the hard way. Mm. That's a nice way to break your coccyx. Mm-hmm. Oh, and check this out. Ricky Morton has the belt out. Let's track a little bit of this. This is good stuff. Oh, there goes the racket shot from Condry. Let's track it. Top of Ricky Morton. He's done. Look at him. Cornette dragging. Beautiful Bobby over. They used the racket on him. Come on, Buck. Now Robert, you need to get back in. Robert's out there fighting. Fighting this. No, no, no. That was the bell. It's over. Pee Wee Anderson looking for the belts. Oh, no. There's new champions. No. The Midnight Express. With the help of Jim Coronet. They're your winners. Let's watch it. Look at him. There you see. Robert. David, it was the racket. Cornette now pleading. Ricky's got that belt out that he's felt so many times. Here it comes. There you see Dennis, and he waffles. Look at it. Ricky right now, back in the head. Takes it out. Cornette sees it. You know the rest. Okay, let's go to Magnum TA up at the desk. You know, I can't think of a more devastating blow to instruct the Russell world to have the Midnight Express of all the people, out of all the people that the Rock and Roll defended those world's heavyweight titles against, to have them with the help of that Jim Cornette take the world's tag team titles. It's just almost more than I can put in words. It was amazingly exciting. I was amazed at how the fans support who they're really for, Magnum. I mean, it's the fans have so much energy, and they seem to really support who they're for. They they really yell at the people they're not for. They're, it's amazing how they're really into the match so much. Well, it's always the fans that, that help bring the best out of us. I know the rock and roll are real down right now. I'll tell you what, we're getting ready to go to a break right now. But when we come back, we're going to have an interview with the new World Tag Team Champions. 
the Midnight Express. Ladies and gentlemen, our next event of the evening is a tag team match. One fall with a 20-minute time limit. Introducing first in the corner to my left from Russia with a combined wrestling weight of 251 kilos. Co-holders of the World Six-Man Tag Team Championship, Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff. Their opponents from Chicago, Illinois, with a combined wrestling weight of 580 pounds, accompanied by their manager, trainer, and advisor, Paul Ellerling. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Road Warriors! Man, if there is one thing that I wish we could still see, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of stuff that's been edited off the network. Mm-hmm. If the Road Warriors came out to Iron Man here, can you imagine at the Omni how hot that crowd would have been? I would have loved to have seen that again. Where they used to hit those first notes, I or the I am Iron. People go would go crazy when they would hear that. And I have a feeling that I, I think Magnum said we're going to come back and talk to Jim Cornette. They probably snuck that music in under his uh, interview, and they had to edit it out. They had to edit it out, yeah, because we're not getting that. How about Linda Curry? She uh, terrible. Terrible. My God. The, the, uh, the gist of what she just said is, can you believe all these people are this into the shit? Like this <laughs> is some silly shit that they're into. Isn't it Magnum? And he's pissed and she's grinning. <laughs> that, that is, that is not her fault. Well, that is her fault that, but she was not produced, right? Yeah. Somebody needed to give her some lines. That's right. Say this, say that, put that mm-hmm. over instead of, Hey, spend a lot of time on your hair and makeup. I mean, that was it. She was there because, you know, she had a look that they wanted to put on TV. And by the way, I'll be honest. I kind of only remember Magnum doing this type of thing. Wow. That was weird to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, what would you call that? The bear hug and fuck. I mean, I feel like I've seen that movie over on Brazzers before Jesus. Yeah. The hug and fuck the hug and fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I think old Piper Perry's familiar with that one. Hey, uh, so the deal is. Magnum, I thought only did this type of thing sort of post accident, but here he is suited and booted in a tuxedo, got his nugget watch. Like he likes it and pinky ring Jones and he's doing okay. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best talking head work we ever saw, but yeah, clearly dusty and and Jim Crockett thought, Hey man, this is going to be one of our next big stars. Let's make sure he's on as many segments as possible. And he's a good looking Mm -hmm. dude and has the kind of look we want. So. Let's put him up here with, uh, the old Nimrod, Linda Curry. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just wonder if she was bill Curry's wife. Mm. I, I, you know, he, he was, a, I think he was, I don't know if he was a coach of Georgia tech at this time during, uh, during this era. I knew he coached Georgia tech could have been, don't know. Uh, but, uh, also I need to point out this, that they were the world six man tag team champs. And as you know, they had used, uh, Baron von Raschke. And the reason they had is that, uh, Barry Darso had blown out his knee at this time after Barry had dropped the title to Sam Houston on TV, which we saw, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Barry blew out his knee. So he was not able to perform. And that's why they brought in Baron von Raschke to help him out. And that's why you don't see Darso here at ringside with him. I mean, it was a serious injury to him. So, um, 
I want to mention. Amazing. It's guys, amazing what I remember after you start watching things, isn't it? You guys had uh, two shows on this day, February 2nd, when this taped. Of course, this aired on February uh, 7th, but the 2nd is uh, when this was taped. I said two shows. It's actually three shows. You did a show at the Coliseum in Charlotte. 12,000 fans are there. 10,200 fans paid. It's a sellout on top. It's the rock and roll express and the midnight express. That's mm. a matinee show. You also saw Arn pin Manny Fernandez. You saw Magnum TA pin the barbarian. You saw Ron Garvin and Tully Blanchard fight to a 30 minute time limit draw. We also saw Sam Houston pin black Bart with a roll up. There's another matinee show the same day in Canada at cops Coliseum, Hamilton, wow. Ontario, Ric Flair and dusty Rhodes had a matinee show in the main event. And of course, Ric Flair wins after he hits Rhodes in the back of the head. Uh, we also had uh, the road warriors defeat Nikita and Baron von Raschke. Jimmy Valiant would fight Abdul, the butcher to a no contest. So we had two huge, huge matinee shows. Again, I want to recap. 12,000 fans in a Coliseum in Charlotte, 12,000 fans in a Coliseum in Ontario. And then that night, 10,000 fans here at the Omni on this particular day process, what we're talking about here, guys, 12,000, 12,000, 10,000 in the same doggone day, 34,000 people paying to see Jim Crockett promotions. And I know in hindsight, everybody talks about, oh, the WWF won the war and certainly they did. But when you can sell 34,000 tickets in a day, holy shit, dude. Yeah. How did you lose it? Two I mean, Coliseum did... shows as matinee shows. And then the Omni at night. And by the way, what you're doing that night is going to be featured on TBS in prime time. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, when we ran a, a show in Canada, we ran in conjunction with, uh, Angelo Mosca. Hmm. He was the promoter up there and they had a very, very bitter. They, they didn't, the Crockett's and Angelo Mosca just did not get along. Oh, I see. I, uh, I remember, that is? I remember I, I went to, uh, I went on a trip with them. I went to Brantford, Ontario. They flew me up to Brantford in one of the private planes and they flew, uh, and then they went on to, um, I think Ottawa. And I remember in the backstage area, uh, Nikita, who was pretty much a known prick at that time, right? He wasn't the most popular guy. And he said, Hey, Angelo, the payoffs not going to come in that the Canadian monopoly money. Are they? Oh God. And Angelo was so pissed. And he said something to me and he said, Tony, I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't have said that. He said, you, you're doing a great job. You're a good guy. You've helped us out in the backstage area. He said that we're just, we're just getting fucked on this. And he was so angry that day and angry to the point to where Jimmy and, and dusty and the private plane flew from Canada, Brantford, Ontario, spent the night in New York city at Hemsley palace. Cause I was on that trip, Hemsley palace trip. And the next day. We all went back to Ontario or to Ottawa, but Jimmy and Dusty didn't. They went back home because they have some sort of problem with Angelo. And that, that wasn't good business, right? I mean, it, it really wasn't. 
And, and I think Dusty may have been booked. I, uh, Jimmy may know the story. I don't, I'm sure you guys need me to talk about that, but you may have. But uh, Angelo Moskin, whoever his partner, they did not have a good relationship. And again, it was like, you know, Dusty could do what he wanted to do type thing. It was kind of like Dusty leaving uh, the Egg Dome back in 91 with the world title when uh, Fujinami won it. I think I'm right. And he brought the belt back? Brought the belt back. And I remember asking him, I said, why you? Why? I think I've said this before. He won the belt. Why? And I remember Dust says, we're bringing it back home. That's it. As if to say, I don't want to you ask me any more questions of what we're doing. But I, I couldn't understand what that was done. So, again, again uh, just uh, some of the problems that they had. And this thing backstage and with produce, uh, promoters and everything, uh, this thing is kind of fucking broken down, hasn't it? Oh, in a major way. Let's track a little bit here. He's got the chain. They roll him back in. Paul Ellering starting on Baron Von Raschke. Off with the chain. Right in the side of the head of Nikita. They no, take got Ivan. It. They take Ivan. They got the chain. They catch him right across the throat with a chain. Now they take Raschke with a chain. And they say, all right. Ivan and Nikita and Baron. If you want to come in. Now, how does the chain feel now? How, how does the chain feel now? Outside interference from Baron Von Lansky and the Road Warrior. And they leave. <laughs> All right. And listen to the chant. That's right. USA. Koloff and Baron, think about it. All right, let's go back and watch it. So it's broken down. It's going to be a DQ road warriors win because mm-hmm. Baron and crusher interfered and, uh, you know, Paul Ellering's trying to do his best. I like yeah. the use of a chain here. I mean, they've, they've been building the chain up on TBS on the regular show. We saw, you know, once upon a time Hawk was hung with it and the whole deal. And now the heels get their comeuppance mm. with the chain. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. And you know, you and I talked about this before we rolled tape, uh, it's oh, not here, tape. What? Here Eddie we go. Let's, let's track it here. Rolling as a, as, as a racing fan myself, I'm a great admirer of Benny Parsons. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I just wish that my, my son, my 16 year old could be here because he is a great fan and also a great Magnum TA fan. Well, thank you very much. You know, I've been following uh, stock car racing, grand national racing since I was a kid. I grew up in Virginia. Of course, that's in the racing belt itself. And I know you had a great year last year in 85, and I know you're looking for a lot of great things to happen for you in 86. Boy, we sure are. We have an Oldsmobile this year, brand new car, a brand new year, first year for an Oldsmobile. We are looking forward to it so much. Well, I know there was a man named uh, Bill Elliott kind of gave everybody a little stiff competition wow. last year. Man, I'm bringing up a bad point, but I know there's, there are some new cars coming out, and I think that maybe that'll give you all the winning edge that you need. Well, Bill, last year, he had the, I mean, he just had a superior car to us, Magnum. We, there's nothing we could basically do with him, but the GM cars this year, all of them, the Oldsmobile, the Pontiac, the Chevrolet, and the Buick, we all have new cars, new sheet metal. I think we got some for Bill this year. I hope so, anyway. 
That's great. You know, I've always enjoyed wrestling because it kind of puts me on the edge, living on the edge. And I've always thought, you know, it'd, it'd be a great thrill to be in a car going 200 miles an hour. But to be out there with 10, 15 other guys going that same kind of speed, trying to negotiate through the traffic, I really can't imagine what that'd be like. It's well, it's it's like the wrestling thing. You you probably started out just in minor leagues of wrestling, high school, college wrestling, and went into professional wrestling. That's basically the way I started. I started in the minor leagues and worked my way up to the professional league. Well, I tell you what, I I, I doubt very seriously that you'd ever want to that you'd ever want to get in the wrestling ring. But sometime I wouldn't mind getting in one of those race cars with you because I'd like to ride around that track with you sometime. Well, that you, kind of speed that would be exciting to me. Well, if you're from if you're from the Richmond area, Virginia area, uh, February 23rd, come on up to Richmond. I'm not I'm not driving in that race, but I'm doing the commentary on Superstation WTBS. And I tell you what, we'll try to get you riding one of those cars. Well, that's fantastic. It was a real pleasure talking to you, Benny. Take care of yourself. Thank right. you and good luck. All right, thank you. Boy, oh, that was a good interview. Linda, you're right. Those fans out there can be really wild, but they are the people that drive us on to do the things we do in that wrestling ring. I'm talking about fans, talking about good friends. You know, you can go through a whole lifetime and meet very few people that you consider your best friend, somebody to be with you through thick and thin. I consider the American Dream Dusty Rose to be just such a person. And I had a very special week here the last week because I had the opportunity to go to Tucson, Arizona with Dusty and watch some very special filming. It seems that Willie Nelson and some of his cohorts, I'm talking about people like Johnny Cash and the wild men that he run around with, they've all decided to do a remake of the great classic western stagecoach. And I got to sit out there and watch the American Dream. He had a stand-in part and also got to see a very special interview between Willie Nelson, who's a very close personal friend of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and himself, and heard the things they had to talk about. Let's take a look at that segment right now. Hi, everyone. Jim Crockett Sports on location in Tucson, Arizona. It is here oh, in Tucson, Arizona, where the movie is being filmed, Stagecoach, Willie Nelson's new movie. And Jim Crockett Sports, very pleased, very honored to be with two superstars, two legends in the country today. The national heavyweight champion, the American dream, Dusty Rose to my right, and of course, Willie Nelson. Willie, we're really glad to be here today. First of all, tell us about your movie. Well, it's a remake of the old stagecoach classic that John Wayne was in. And uh, it's me and Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and John Snyder and Mary Crosby, Elizabeth Ashley, Anthony Newley. And uh, it's just a good Western, you know. It's about time for a couple of those to come back, don't you it's think? It's a fact, well, I love them, too. We're <laughs> the Bonanza, man. Where did they go? Yeah, really. <laughs> Dusty, I understand you've had a long-time friendship and love for Willie Nelson. Tell us something about that. That's that's a, a true fact, Tony Schiavone. What did you say? And, of course, Willie Nelson a while ago. You don't recognize me? Here, you know? <laughs> but, but anyway, I have. You know, growing up in Austin, Texas, and is is uh, where I was born and raised. My dad was a plumber, and he always loved going to wrestling, loved going to hear music. And the first time that I really I, uh, didn't tell this story a while ago in private, first time that I really remember Willie, that he was, he was a young man. And flat top and he was playing at another place called Big uh, Big Gills. Remember Gills? Big Gills, Gills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and some kids from Johnston High School went out and, and uh, was out the back and we were old enough to get in and we had a six pack of beer and we listened to Willie and that was before it was fashionable. Willie Nelson was was my man for a long time and then I passed across on the road a lot and we we enjoy a lot of the same things and entertain a lot of the same people. And I think it's important that the relationship between uh, uh, two people like me and, and Willie is that people know that uh, 
there ain't nothing real fancy about what I do or what he does. It's, we were just doing it really well before it was fashionable. And I told the story a while ago, tell it again. And leaving uh, Amarillo, Texas, when I first got in professional wrestling, I wrestled 20 minutes with a guy named Reggie Parks to a draw. I was lucky to get out with my life. <laughs> And I got $25. I got to go back to Austin. $25. $25. Got to go back to Austin. So I bought me a six-pack of beer, and I had a few dollars left. And I could always count on, back then, my early days on the road, that uh, turning on the Bill Mack show out of Fort Worth. Right. And whether anybody liked it or not, or it wasn't supposed to be done in order or whatever, he would play Willie Nelson songs. And it, it made me feel good. It helped me get through the night, helped me get through the road. And he's always, in some way that he doesn't even even know, help, helps me get through a lot of things that I do. And uh, I feel good about Willie Nelson and my relationship. Even though I see him once a year at New Year's or twice a year and, and uh, walk up to him, I just uh, respect him. And, and, uh, and uh, I love Willie Nelson. I always tell him that every New Year's Eve, he looks at me through glassy eyes. <laughs> me too, dreams. <laughs> he says he walks up to you and talks to you once a year, twice a year, New Year's Eve. I understand that uh, many times he has tried to walk on stage and take over the show. What about that? Have you ever <laughs> tried to stop anybody like Dusty no. from walking on and no. taking over any show? <laughs> uh, him and Earl come on every year and uh, oh, they become regulars on our Summit New Year's Eve show and I look forward to seeing Dusty. Well, I, I see him more than once a year. Yeah, we see do. him in Atlanta sure. occasionally. Yeah. And, uh, other places around the country, but we travel and we entertain, so we run across each other occasionally. Tell us about your music. We talked about your new movie. Uh, what are your plans for some music in the future? I have a new album coming out called Living in the Promised Land. Uh, I was telling you the words of that song. Uh, would you like to I'd like to yeah. tell those sure. words again? It's, uh, it's living in the promised land. Our dreams are made of steel. The prayer of every man is to know how freedom feels. There is a winding road across the shifting sands room for everyone living in the promised land. And so they came from the distant isles, nameless woman, faithless child, like a bad dream, until there was no room at all, no place to run and no place to fall. So give us your daily bread. We have no shoes to wear, no place to call our own, only this cross to bear. We are the multitude. Lend us a helping hand. Is there no love anymore living in the promised land? That's strong, that's, that's that's strong. <laughs> I like it. That's great. It's going to be great. Sounds good. Jim Crockett Sports on location, Tucson, Arizona, filming of Willie Nelson's new movie, Stagecoach. Thank you, gentlemen. You have both very busy schedules. Thank you very much for spending time with us here today. And here today, it's very obvious that legends are not made. Legends are born. Oh, my God. So <laughs> oh, my God. God damn, I could sell some shit. <laughs> Man, look that guy wrestling announcer, man. Legends are fucking born. They ain't made. Woo. Look Whoa. Me and Dusty and Willie. Legends, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not see that coming. Neither My did God. I. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, that was tremendous. Uh this is going to be a good match, but I, I need to tell you a couple of stories about that taping. First of all, let me put over the robes here. Yeah. I love dusty with the robe and the hat. That was a cool old look. School. Old and he, school. And here's uh Tully taking his robe off. I think that robe just recently sold uh, online and the national title looks pretty good around dusty's waist. He's got baby doll with him. Of mm -hmm. course, he's being introduced second. Tully Blanchard has JJ Dillon 
in his corner. And of course, baby doll dressed like she's going to the fucking prom here. I mean, that, that all sequin material there, that looks like a flare robe right there. Does it not? Yeah, it does. And actually it, it, I don't think it, it's very becoming of her. I, I think she, she had, uh, some other outfits that look much better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Show. She had better outfits, but the point is she's like, she jumps off the screen because of those sequins. I mean, look over there yes. in the corner, dude. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Time to hit pause on your playback. Stand by. We will let you know when to hit play again. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Steven's brand new deep Navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip. Twinkle, twinkle rose is here, but time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's day, when she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold, you know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets and you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Go now to see this real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, daughter, or sweetheart. And it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Steven's famous roses. Roses started only $59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. If you're a business owner, you don't need me to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than is actually necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and the old software you've no doubt outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save both time and money with NetSuite. Join over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com forward slash WHW. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash WHW. That's netsuite.com forward slash WHW. All right, dumbasses, get ready to resume. Get, the tell us those stories about now. Tucson, Arizona here. Okay, so me and Dusty and Magnum and Wayne Daniel and uh, David Crockett flew to Tucson. Now, this was my first trip ever across the Mississippi. I'd never been out that far. That, that really? Far. As the, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think the furthest I'd been out west had been Alabama. Wow. I, I just, 
I mean, I, I, we, we talked about, you know, my growing up small town, not doing much. This was, this was a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, so dusty and David set in first class. And I think Magnum did too, if I recall that correctly. And Wayne Daniel and I sat in the back, in the back and they bought us drinks and we got drunker and then shit because we, we, uh, we, uh, connected through, uh, Dallas on American airlines and flew out. So, so we, we go to the airport and we come out of the airport, get our bags, uh, going to get a cab and we open the, the doors slide open and there's a cactus across the street. And Dusty said, hello, Tucson. Look at that. It's a fucking cactus. Are we not in Tucson? That's how drunk we were. We was, we were putting over a fucking cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Cactuses are born. They aren't made. <laughs> exactly. He said, we're too, look at that fucking cactus. I mean, we were like going crazy. So anyway, so uh, the very next day, Wayne Daniel gets, uh, gets, uh, everything ready. And I'm down with Wayne. He's getting all the, the camera ready and everything. And I'm sitting there at the pool and all of a sudden Willie walks up just nonchalant, just like any other guy walk up. He said, Hey, how you guys doing? I went, oh, fuck. So, uh, Wayne, so, uh, Wayne says, go get dusty. I said, okay. So I knock on dusty's door. Boom, 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 boom. He said, it's open. And I go in and he's in bed. Okay. But he's got his shirt on. He's in bed. And I said, uh, we're about ready. And he said, is Willie down there? I said, yeah. He said, good. And this is the line he hit me with for the first time. He said, remember the big star always walks in last. So to make sure that Willie was there. I mean, this was, this was classic dusty and we loved him for it. Even want to make sure that Willie was there first. So he could make the dramatic walk in, right? The star walks in last. And I said, he's there. And dusty says, okay, uh, let's go. He jumped out of bed, just the shirt on. No, no pa- underwear on just naked as he could be. Okay. And I'm thinking, fuck, I'm seeing dusty roads fucking naked. Wait, and how, he, how excited were you to see the dreams hog? Tell the truth. <laughs> anyway, so he goes and uh and puts on these jeans. And I say, You 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 don't wear underwear? He said, Hell no, I don't wear underwear. And I said, Okay. So we walked there and he made his dramatic entrance and we did the interview. We were in the uh we were on set at Tucson. They let us on set as you saw the clip there. And, uh, David Allen Coe was there and David Allen Coe, I never will forget. He had this line. We'll get you for this. So he delivered his line. We'll get you for this. And the director said, okay, do it one more time. And he went, we'll get you for this. And he said, now with passion, say it with passion. He went, we'll get you for this. <laughs> and the director looked around and said, okay, cut that works. Cause he knew he wasn't going to get anything more out of David Allen co. And we went on the, one of the tour buses with Chris Christofferson and we were watching Willie had a movie called redheaded stranger based on his, uh, his song. I don't know if that movie ever came out or, but we were watching, uh, the, uh, some of that on the bus. And I'm thinking I'm sitting here on Chris Christofferson's bus right beside him. Willie is right across from me and there's dusty and I'm watching a fucking Willie Nelson movie on this bus. I'm thinking, and it's the first time I've been across the uh, Mississippi. I'm thinking, fucking, this is the greatest life in the world for a fucking little redneck from Virginia. That's a you cool story. You couldn't beat this. Yeah.
you could, you could not beat this. It was, and that's how exciting my life was back in 1986. So. <laughs> hey, Jesus. We'll yes, get you for this. <laughs> we'll get you for this. I'm going to get you for this. And I got to see, I, I didn't meet Johnny cash, but I got to see him. I got to meet Chris Christopherson. Uh, David Allen Coe, as we said, was in it. Uh, and I'm not so sure. I don't think Whalen was in it. I'm not sure. sure. I'm, I'm sure it's out there somewhere that you can see the remake of Stagecoach. But uh, when uh, when you see David Allen Coe and they leave the bar and he says, we'll get you for this. Remember, he did three takes and the last one was with passion. <laughs> By the way, those boots that Dusty's wearing, I'm pretty sure uh, Cody has those. Oh, I think he posted cool. that on social media, right? When he was leaving WWE and starting his independent journey before AEW, mm -hmm. the classic Austin hall boots white with the uh, red trim. Mm. I want to bring up too, and boy, I know that this is weird to talk about, but man, you got Magnum talking to the race car driver about, man, what a thrill it would be to ride in that car with you. Yeah. I mean, talking about his affinity for speed and driving and all that. And knowing later this same year, he's going to have a tragic accident in a Porsche in the rain. Yeah. Right. Golly, dude, that was a little haunting to see. Was it not? Yeah, it was. I thought about the same thing when he said that, but you know, it was a good interview with Benny Parsons. He talked about how big a fan his son was and. Oh yeah. He put it over big. And yeah. by the way, the race car driver was the one to transition to plugging. Oh, we're going to be right here on TBS in Richmond on February, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, that was, he, he did a good job and he got in, he got in gimmick. He put on his race car onesie. Yes. <laughs> and, and Benny Parsons no longer with us, but he became, uh, in his later years, which is right here. And even further, he raced a little bit. He transitioned to an announcer who's, on TV. Who's sitting behind you? Who is that in that three piece suit? That's Gaylord Perry. Tell us uh, about Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. Uh, one of the great, uh, one of the great baseball pitchers of all time. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to interview him on here on the show, uh, hall of famer. Um, and, uh, still with us, 82 years old. He had a brother, Jim Perry who pitched, uh, to Jim was another good pitcher. I don't, I don't think Jim made to the hall of fame like Gaylord did, but Gaylord was, uh, through a knuckleball. And was a, a Cy Young. He was a Cy Young Award winner, and I'm not looking it up because I don't know. He was a Cy Young Award winner very late in his career, and um, he. Uh, I remember him pitching for the Indians, some other teams, but uh, Gaylord was something, man. One of the greats. So anyway, that's Gaylord, and uh, we're going to talk to him later. Which, and of course, it was a thrill for me to be able, you know, baseball guy, to be able to interview Gaylord. You know what we uh, we tracked one of the. Uh, one of the clips earlier of us doing commentary and I thought it was great. Yep. As soon as you tracked it, you hear David say, look at him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, you and I talked about this before we rolled tape. David Crockett's commentary really plays well years later. People give him shit online all the time for not being a great commentator and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, you go back and his enthusiasm mm -hmm. is what makes it. And so like, even when Joe Rogan did more commentary for the UFC, you know, he's, he was enthusiastic about what he was seeing and, and that's right. half the battle. You're trying to get people excited about what you're seeing. And he just, sure. he pours enthusiasm for this and it shows mm -hmm. you how much he loves it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I think he's been, uh, 
misunderstood, but you go back and you listen to some of this stuff and sure. He has some crutches here and there. He's not a professional broadcaster. He didn't go to school for it. He didn't get degrees for it, but he loves wrestling and he knows the storylines and he knows the guys and you know, much like Eric Bischoff trying to do commentary on nitro or Vince McMahon trying to do commentary. I think you could put Jim Crockett or not Jim Crockett, but David Crockett in that same vein. And, and I think he had more enthusiasm than either of those. Yeah, sure. He did. And for those people who have a shit on David Crockett, you know, most of those people who have shit on David Crockett are worthless anyway. But the, the fact is, is that it plays well. And yep. David has a lot of fans out there now. I mean, the, the people remember David like they remember me from back in this day when they were young and it's nostalgia and, and David has been with us and has so much love for the business. And he just, it's like Dusty said, and it's, it's when there's JJ. Hey, who's, who's on your right. It's our left, but uh, you're right. You see Bill after in the background, there taking photos. Okay. But he's wearing a headset. He's seated. Uh, yeah. on the opposite side of you. So you've got on your left, you've got David Crockett and on your right, right. there's an older fellow wearing a headset. Who is that? You know what? Uh, I don't remember his name, but he was with us every time he ran camera. He's one of the TBS employees. He was our stage manager at that time. Okay. Real tall guy, about six, 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 seven, good kid. And I wish I could remember his name because he was, it was a nice guy. Um, uh, I did see Tim Smith, who was one of our cameramen a long time cameraman. And, and, uh, I saw Tim, I don't think he's running a camera, but he's helping us out there. But the, you're talking about the guy with the yellow shirt on right there. No, no, not the older guy. I mean, not the black guy, the older guy. Oh, the old, oh, that's Charlie McGowan. Okay. Yeah. That's Charlie. That's the, that's Charlie. The, I talked about long time, uh, ring announcer and uh, I got or, you. I got you. I didn't know that was him wearing the headset. Yeah. That's Charlie was always with us. Hey, so since you know everything else about ringside, What's in that baby's bottle? It's, it's not white. Like it's milk. It's a darker color. I know you were there. You probably had a sip hoping it was whiskey since you were a fucking lush back then. Okay. No, it was, it was iced tea. Okay, cool. Okay. I, I, Anything else you'd like to, you'd like to bring up motherfucker. Yeah. The, uh, the guy in the red shirt here running camera standing by yeah. baby doll. Who was that? Don't know his name. I wish yeah. I did. Another TBS guy who was with us for a long time. The Asian I know photographer. Jimmy Suzuki, Jimmy Suzuki and Bill Lapter are there. I know that. Jimmy Suzuki is an Asian photographer. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did I guess that? So that that's why you're you've become one of the one of the most powerful men in our business. Let me ask. Wrestling business. Shut the fuck up. Uh, is he uh, Jimmy Suzuki? Is that a working? Is his, is Jimmy a working name or a shooting name? I I I. I would think it's a, a name. shooting name. No way. Okay. Okay. Then I'm just busting balls. How about what a great job. Um, our referee here has done. Tommy Young's been such a big part of our show almost from the beginning. And, uh, and here he is a minute ago. He was asking dusty when dusty was in the figure four, you know, if he, if he quits and he kept getting closer and closer and using his hands and being expressive and dusty was eventually just like, get the fuck out of here and pushes him <laughs> over. And you can see as he's going back from being pushed, just a grin on Tommy's face. Now, obviously, you know, one of the combatants here has pushed him. He's not supposed yeah. to be smiling about that, but he can't right. help. But these guys are having fun out here. Yeah. And let, let's say something about Tully, man. You know, we've all, we've often, we've been talking about him, how, how much we really love him even more so now. Oh God. He's on my route. Mount Rushmore heels now, man. Yeah. Seriously. And, and, yeah. And he's, he's talking to dusty right there. Calling spots. Get out yeah. there and get after JJ. 
Yeah, because, you know, back then the heel always called the spots. Yeah. E- even though Dusty was the booker, it was up to the heel to do it. And, of course, that's obviously changed, but that's the way it was back then. And look look, look at that elbow, man. Tell you, again, he was such a phenomenal athlete. He would just, he could do so much. Not a lot of room to operate right there. Yeah. What's that again? Not I'm a sorry. lot of room to operate right no, there. No, no. You know, yeah. back in this day, usually there was more space around the ringside area. That's a more modern day setup where the guardrails are, are tighter and closer to the mm-hmm. ring. He's under the he, ropes, Tully. Come on, man. You can't make a cover there. Tully, uh, you're not going to see many uh, tope suicidas in a setting like this. No. And. You, you probably won't see a package pile driver on the apron, which as you know, is the hardest part of the ring. Yes. Oh, well, I've, I've been told that by Jr. Uh, if you, if, if you, if you're legally obligated in 2021, mm-hmm. if a move happens on the apron, you have mm-hmm. to remind the audience at home, you know, that's mm-hmm. the hardest part of the ring. Of course. That's where the boards are. That's where the, the edge is. Uh, it's like a brownie. The hardest part of the brownie is on the outside, which is. Do you like, soft- do you like the soft part of the, of the brownie or the hard? No, the I like the, I like the hard parts. Yeah. I know you liked it hard. Uh, Tully, uh, was such a great athlete and I may have told this story before, but bear with me. He Tully always talked about how stiff Magnum TA was in the ring. Really? Oh yeah. He said he's he really, it's not that he didn't enjoy working with me, but he knew that when he was going to face Magnum, it was going to be different. Cause I remember him telling me, he said, uh, Terry Allen basically lift weights and wrestled. That's all he did. That's all he knew. And, uh, so, you know, Tully had been a quarterback and a great athlete. So, uh, to Tully Magnum was pretty stiff in the ring. Right. If you go back and you watch Starcade 85, which we've done, it's in the archives. You'll see how stiff he was. I mean, he just, uh, he was, wow. Look at that, man. Good reaction shot from the cameras. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Edwards being the director here again, doing a good job. Um, we're going to see a little post-match angle here as well. I love post-match angles. You know that? How cool are, uh, are the boots in this match? I love them, man. Do you ever ask Tully if he's still got any of his old stuff? I haven't, but I know for sure that those boots in particular, I believe are now with a private collector in uh, Virginia. Hmm. I think, I think, uh, Dusty's, as I said, are, are with Cody. Right. And by the way, you know, I want to wish you well and, and hope that you were able to keep your job, uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the show and you very smart assly, you know, assured us that that was not an issue. Mm-hmm. I would, I would mind your P's and Q's on here about what you say about Dusty. Cause you know, Cody has a little stroke up there and, and uh-huh. Cody pushed for you to come in and Cody, if Cody pushes for you to be out, you're out son. Mm-hmm. Well, don't I always talk well about Dusty? No, you've been very critical on this particular no, show. No, no, you know, you know what? You, you, you I'm not going to say you a lie. I'm going to say you're a motherfucking liar. Listen, we're not trying to do as much. You're a motherfucking language. liar, piece of shit, is what you are for saying that. You're being very hurtful. Good. <laughs> you, 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 you've become a troll today. You know that? I've always been a troll, Tony. <laughs> I was born a troll. Trolls aren't <laughs> trolls aren't made. Trolls are born. I just sent Lauren a, a, a text that I said, Lauren, your name's been brought up on this edition. He went, she went shit. Well, I'll tell you what, she's in the group chat all the time. She's not even in the group chat. 
mm-hmm. but old super Dave is going to fuck around and create two divorces. <laughs> I mean, every time there is a live event on adfreeshows.com, uh-huh. I mean, every time Yeah, he's, he's like logging in going, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, hoping it's not fucking Bromwell and hoping it's Lauren Yaffe. And then if it is, he'll report back to the group chat. She got them things out. And so that's <laughs> like pond water. We don't, we got, we got shit going on, man. Like we're still at work. What are you doing? But he's going to drop everything. Uh, if, if them, if he's just uh, hoping he's, one day, one of them Browns is going to slip out, I guess he's just being a creeper. Well, right. there you go. And how about the pile driver? Man, Holy what a pile shit. driver that was. Wow, man. That was buddy. Dude, that Andy. was a hell of a pile driver. And you see the, so look, let's tell you what's going on here. This is a 20 minute time limit draw. And, uh, they're going to leave with the national title, but he didn't win. It's a time limit draw. And look at the reaction of, uh, let's Tommy track. Young. Let's track a little bit. A time limit draw. All right, let's go back and watch. The pile driver. And we'll see why Dusty is still laying there. Now, Dusty is still the champion with this vicious attack. I see. All right, JJ directed him. He said, pile driver, look at Tell him. Has him, starts, and watch him fall, drives that head right into the mat. The TV time limit had expired. The time limit had expired. Referee Tommy Young has declared the match a draw. Dusty Rhodes is still the national heavyweight champion. You heard it. Okay, fans, we have some more special guests, some very special announcements, and Rick Flair and Ron Garvin when we come back. Hall of Famer Teddy Long there as well. Dude, how about Teddy Long's hair up there? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I didn't know black dudes could have skullets, but Teddy Long found a way. And here's Jim Crockett and Magnum TA. Here we go. Jim Crockett Jr. Thank you, Magnum. It's a pleasure being here tonight. Well, 1985 was certainly a very big year for Jim Crockett promotions. We saw a great many events that will be institutionalized, and I'm sure we'll see again in 1986. The Starcade events were spectacular. The Great American Bash was certainly one that really stood out in my mind, and I'm sure in the minds of the fans with the Bunkhouse Stampedes. The first annual Bunkhouse Stampede was very special to us. It took uh, 10 days, but we found out who the toughest man in wrestling was. Well, I can certainly attest to the fact that it did take, took a lot of wind out of a lot of people's sails. It's real easy to talk about who the baddest man around is, but when you throw 20 men in the ring at one time, you certainly found out. Now, I know your father, Jim Crockett Sr., had a great deal to do with revolutionizing professional wrestling. Some 50 years now, y'all have been producing wrestling shows. You've been bringing the top wrestling talent all over the world now. And I realize that there's been a great many events, but I know there's a very special event that you want to bring for 1986, and that will be the Memorial Cup. That's right. This is our 51st year of promoting professional wrestling. The National Wrestling Alliance Board of Directors has has honored a man that uh, I think is the greatest man in the world. That's my father. They have sanctioned the first tag team tournament by the National Wrestling Alliance, and they have honored us and my father by calling it the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup. This will be a one-night tournament with teams from all over the world, and we're certainly hoping that uh, Charlotte, North Carolina will be the home of the first Jim Crockett Memorial Cup. 
Well, I can certainly understand that, but I realize that the arenas all over the country are right now putting in their bids to have this event in their part of the country. I think we have a special interview right now with the people in New Orleans at the Superdome because they would like to have this very prestigious event right there in New Orleans. Bob, it's a pleasure to be here at the Superdome. I know you and your staff are just as excited about bringing the first annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament to the Superdome as we here at Mid-South are. And with a million dollars as the purse and with all the international stars included, we feel that this is going to be on par with some of the greatest sporting events of our time. Well, we agree. And anybody that's in the facility business knows the reputation of uh, Bill Watts and Jim Crockett and, and, and the, the wrestling uh, events that they promote and, and stage in the country. And uh, we're looking forward to it. And, and, and from preliminary talks with your people and, and, the, and the Crockett people, we think that this will be uh, an athletic event on par with any in the country. We're very pleased that, uh, that you're considering using the Superdome, and we intend to uh, be in their bidding against all the other facilities in the country who would also be interested in hosting that event. We at the Superdome uh, feel that we have the finest sports facility in the world, uh, most recently playing host to the Super Bowl XX. Uh, that was the third Super Bowl to be held here, uh, and we have another one scheduled in 1990. Uh, also, we annually, annually host the Sugar Bowl, the Bayou Classic, uh, the world's largest carnival celebration indoors. Uh, we have held uh, uh, championship boxing matches as well as other spectacular championship wrestling matches. Uh, we certainly feel that the only place in the world to have the inaugural uh, Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Championship Tournament would be in the Louisiana Superdome, and we certainly intend to, uh, to be in their bidding against the other facilities in the country. Well, Bob, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Mid-South would like to wish you a very happy 1986, and we look forward to continuing our relationship with the Superdome and its fine staff in bringing the greatest sporting events in the world to, right here to New Orleans. Jim Crockett, it's been a real pleasure having you here, talking to you, talking about all the accomplishments in the past and all the things we have to look forward to in the future for 1986. I want to thank you for being thank here. You, and I think we want to go ringside right now with Tony Schiavone, who's got a very special guest down there, Gaylord Perry. What a great night it's been so far here on Superstars on the Superstation. And we've had legends here like Willie Nelson, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. We have another legend in the world of baseball. I'm very happy to have with me Gaylord Perry. In 1982, Gaylord Perry became the 15th man to win 300 games as a career as a pitcher. And also, he is third on the all-time strikeout list. Great night, Gaylord. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Tony. It's a lot of action down here, I tell you that. Uh, the tag teams, uh, they just put on a great show. They really did. It was some great entertainment, and uh, it's good to get down here, and uh, I'm going to check in with the Atlanta Braves tomorrow just see how they're going to be. You know, they start uh, March 15th is the first game that will be on TV, and the season open comes uh, April 8th. They'll be playing the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, I do want to uh, wish the Atlanta Braves uh, the best of luck, especially Bobby Cox and Chuck Tanner and my buddy Rick Kemp. Well, of course, uh, all of that will be right here on the Superstation. And uh, from uh, Eastern North Carolina, you made it to the big, uh, the big leagues, the big time. A lot of these uh, these wrestlers uh, wrestle around the entire country. And you you know how it is to have to stay in shape and have to be uh, on the top of your game at all times. I surely do. I know it takes a, a great deal, and they do this all year. At least when I played, I had three months off I could rest up, but. They, they do it around 350 times a year, I understand. Okay, we still have Ric Flair, the world heavyweight champion, coming up against Ron Garvin. And, and as you know and all the fans know, Ric Flair is quite a champion. He's the champion of the world, and, and that's quite a position to have. Yes, it is, and I'm sure he's worked very hard at it. And 
I know he'll be out there defending that title tonight and, and want to keep it. Okay, Gaylord, thank you very much for stopping by. Always a pleasure having you with us here on the Superstation. Thank you, Tony. Dude, how fucking monumental and historic is it? We just saw the announcement of the first ever Crockett Cup. This is big time shit, man. Yeah. And Joel Watts never knew how to tie a tie. <laughs> he didn't. No. Yeah. You go back to Mid-South Wrestling sometime and watch like, the on-camera stuff. There's been a couple of times his tie was outside of his coat. It was. One of the yeah. other sons of Bill Watts. Of course, we're all familiar with Eric Watts. And we see right. now Truck and Tom Miller is about to introduce uh, Ron Garvin. And uh, let's see what kind of pop he gets. Being in at 232 pounds, Ron Garvin. Pretty good ovation. Now they're going yep. to introduce Ric Flair and what a robe he's wearing here. You've seen it mm -hmm. on most of our shows where we've been doing video here on adfreeshows.com hanging in my background. Here we go. Let's track it. So it kind of popped the Nate gets Boy, Ric Flair. Oh, they muted it. How about that? It's like the opposite of what they used to do for Roman reigns. Wow. I did not pull the volume down. They just cut it out. Wow. There you see the, uh, world's heavyweight championship, Rick in all green, got the green boots on and green tights on and the 10 pounds of gold. It's probably some of the best condition Rick was ever in right there. Oh yeah. He was, he was in great shape and, and I know this is going to be a high impact match. I think I want to say something about the Crockett cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cup that they showed a, uh, the picture of yes, that cup had been with the Crockett's for a number of years and it was just a big silver cup. Yep. It had no inscription on it. They finally made the inscription. And just when the, the Charlotte O's that I was doing play-by-play -play for won the Southern League Championship, which is, you know, as far as you can go in double-A, uh, the Southern League Championship uh, in Charlotte, Doug Dellinger walked out with that cup and presented it to <laughs> our manager, John Hart. And I remember the report from uh, Tom Sorensen said, uh, the Charlotte O's won it. They celebrated and a big old policeman carrying a big old cup came out and gave him their championship. And that was not the Southern league championship. That is just Francis Crockett being a promoter, right? Yeah. We're, we're going to work this. We've got this big cup that we've had for a while. Let's bring it out and hand it. And the fans pop when he walked out with the cup. Right. And thought that was, and so I thought it was interesting that <laughs> the Southern league championship cup which was just kind of a, I don't know, I don't know where they got it. They finally found a use for it in the uh, Crockett cup tournament is the Crockett cup tournament available. Yeah. We're going to be watching it here this year on what oh, happened man. when some great stuff. I mean, tiger mask and uh giant Baba was in it. The sheep herders were in it, dude. We're going to have a lot of fun in 86. I mean, we've still yeah. got, you know, the debut of the big gold belt, which is coming up later this month. We've got the incredible great American bash tour. We've got the night of the skywalkers, uh, are coming up at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Of course, as you said, the Crockett cup, unfortunately, we also are going to talk about Magnum TA a lot, not only the best of seven series, but the tragic accident. There's so much going on here. This is a very monumental year and we're glad to be able to cover it here on a week to week basis. And, and fans are falling in love with 1986 all over again, or for the very first time, you know, as we have mentioned here a few times over the last month or so, we took a lot of criticism online with people who really wanted us to continue our sort of ADD wrestling journey where we're bouncing around and watching a little WWF and a little WCW and a little ECW and instead going with the same old school stuff. But 
we've introduced a lot of fans to Crockett promotions for the very first time and they're loving it. And there's so much to love in 86, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I, and if you read the, uh, the notes that we put up when we put up the, uh, post the show on, uh, on Patreon on Mondays, or of course, Westwood one on, on Wednesdays, if you read the show notes, I put in there and I, and I wrote this. If you ever wondered why you fell in love with wrestling in the first place, it's 1986. Yeah. And I really think so. I, I, I think this was now 85 was a special year for me because it was my first year on DBS, but 86 was the year. And it's just, you, you, if you're a wrestling fan, you, you just, and you don't love this stuff, then you're not a wrestling fan. You're not well said. So, uh, and I know wrestling has changed. I love every bit of it. I love the old school stuff. I love, I love watching, uh, watching the old school stuff and, uh, I, I love the new stuff. So there you go. And look at Ronnie, just laying him in here and slapping him in the face. Okay. Flair going to take a bump, man. How, how, how great was the chemistry with these two guys? I know that, you know, listen. I've been critical of the decision to put the belt on, on Ron Garvin in 87. And if we keep this going for next year, and that's certainly a consideration, we'll, we'll get into it, but boy, the chemistry he has with Ric Flair is phenomenal. Yeah. Ronnie had a bad back too. In 87, he had a bad back. And, um, I remember he had a match in Johnson city, Tennessee with Ric Flair. We were there. We did, we did a TV taping there. And then Flair and Garvin had the main event. And Garvin's back was so bad and hurting him so bad, but Flair coached him up. And, and I remember being right at ringside because I, I did the, the ring announcing for the final match. And I remember hearing Flair said, you can do it. You can do it. Just, you know, you, if you're close, you know, what's going on, you could hear it. And, uh, they just had a, they had a, not only they had great chemistry, they had a great working relationship. I don't know what. I don't know what flair says now about Ronnie Garvin, but it has to be nothing but good stuff. Oh, it's, it's always complimentary of his in-ring yeah. work. And, and he thought that he was ready for prime time. And then we'll say, you know, I guess I was wrong, but flair was a big advocate for Garvin back then because he knew they had great matches and he's exactly right. Hey, what do you think of Rick's boots here? It's a little bit of a departure for him. I mean, I guess it's not back then. He was a little more experimental, but eventually he settled in on one color and then you know, a, a different color RF he's got a lot of inserts here. So there's lots of different design elements. It's not your standard flare boot. And it's a little weird to see if I'm honest. I mean, I know he, that he was trying stuff and he did that a lot in his early days, but I'm just used to the traditional classic RF and that's it. And he's mm-hmm. doing something a little different here. Yeah. He's doing it. Different. He's trying to be color coordinated here. Obviously of course, yeah. With boots with the boots and the knees and, uh, and there you see it. Yeah. Look at that. He's got, uh, it looks like a white teardrop almost with an RF on it. Yeah. And there's like multiple like shades of green. It's a different deal for him. We're used to just yeah. the one solid color kind of deal and different presentation. Yeah. I wonder how many times he wore this. I wonder if this was just special for the show. Cause you know, this is, this is the forerunner to clash of the champions. I think when and- he, uh, I think when he wrestled, uh, down in championship wrestling from Florida later this month. Uh, I guess, gosh, a week after this aired, he did battle of the belts two down there and wrestled Barry Windham in what, uh, Dave Meltzer called the best hour in the history of wrestling television. Mm. Uh, or maybe it was a two hour show and they win an hour. I forget, but Meltzer called it, you know, one of the best, 
shows in wrestling television history. And it's because they gave Barry Windham and Ric Flair a ton of time. And that's when Rick debuted the big gold belt for the very first time. And he had on the exact same outfit that he has here, you know, the green robe, the green boots, the green trunks, <clears throat> but I'm excited to see the debut of the big gold belt. Not just because, you know, I'm a big mark for it because I have it, but the idea that it was such a departure from the classic NWA championship that we had grown up with, with Jack Briscoe and Terry Funk and dusty Rhodes and Harley race. And, and now you go to this, such a different presentation an oversized belt by comparison, but at the time, you know, in all the wrestling magazines, the AWA's showing off their championship belt and it's gigantic. So Crockett wants to make sure that he's got, you know, a, 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 a belt befitting the world champion. And that means bigger than the AWA. Mm-hmm. Man, look at this. They just, they're slugging it out here. Big time. I mean, they are slugging it out. And we're, we're talking about. <laughs> We're talking about just beating the shit out of each other up and over. He goes, mm-hmm. and now flair is splattered out on the floor next to truck and Tom Miller. Who's trying mm-hmm. to scoot out of the way. <laughs> yeah. We'll track some of those chops when they start trading them again, yeah. they get plenty of time here, you know, for a TV match, they're going to go 14 minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, I should mention the next day, there's two shows happening. One in Saginaw, Michigan, uh, with flair and Ron Garvin again, also the road warriors on the undercard. Meanwhile, believe it or not, in Greenville, South Carolina, the rock and rolls and the midnights are going to go in a two out of three falls match to a 60 minute time limit draw. So I guess they're probably one fall apiece and time expires. Uh, it's pretty remarkable to think how many time limit draws you had back then, but that was sort of the way the business was done. Mm, yeah. And that, the, exactly. That's the way it was done. And sometimes if you have a time limit draw and you give them a great match, fans are not so pissed off about it. I'm really glad that we called an audible and we're watching superstars on the superstation. And I'm really thankful that it's on the WWE network, or if you're listening to this in the future, it's on, as Tony calls it the cock. Um, but I like that. We sort of see payoffs for what we've been seeing on TV. You know, we've been building towards these and now we get to see the culmination and don't forget the very next day after this aired, because this aired on a Friday night, uh, later than normal. I think, I think it was 10 PM Eastern. So it's a late Friday night show here on TBS on the Superstation, and of course the following morning, um, once it, after this aired, is when they'll record the six oh five show. Man, is Saturday six oh five? Is that like that's synonymous with wrestling? Is it not? It's it. It is absolutely it. I even thought about you know uh, once upon a time we should have a Saturday six oh five show. Mm. You mean a live thing? No, I mean like one of our, we should, we should have some sort of podcast that drops on Saturday at six Oh five. It's just synonymous with wrestling. Mm. There you go. Got any ideas? No, but I, I do want to welcome to the family. We do have uh, some new, some new things going on at adfreeshows.com. Of course, this past week we debuted the new Chris hero podcast uh, that we're calling can Chris hero save wrestling. And uh, it's free for everyone over at adfreeshows.com. It's not behind the paywall. So if you haven't joined us yet on adfreeshows.com, or you think maybe, well, you got to go sign up and spend money. And I don't really want to do that. You don't have to spend anything. Uh, we've got new content every single day, free for everyone, including the exclusive new podcast. Can Chris hero save wrestling? It got high marks. 
If you're interested in WWE developmental and the way NXT works, that was our subject for week one. And I'm happy to say, and I think you'll dig this, Tony, we're paying tribute to Tracy Smothers on week two. Very good. Uh, so later you'll be able to check that out, uh, over at adfreeshows.com. or actually by the time you hear this, it's available now, our tribute to Tracy at adfreeshows.com. Very cool. Irish whip here into the corner up and mm-hmm. over the old Ray Stevens bump. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, back into the ring. Mm, yeah, man. Still selling. That looks like Ric Flair after Wendy gets done with him, huh? Just please, bobbling the head. Please, I'll take out the garbage. Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, I'll take out the garbage when I tell you to take out the garbage. So, um, you know, you know what? Uh, what I'm thinking about here is how much wrestling was an art mm-hmm. form, and and I say that because they're calling spots, but you can't tell it, right? And that is that's phenomenal. Some of it's probably too just familiarity. Yeah. You know, like uh, Rick has said before that when he would wrestle steamboat, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have to call a lot of spots. Like they were so familiar with each other. It would be one of these deals and you can see me, Tony. And by the way, the video for this show is over available at adfreeshows.com. but he would just look at steamboat and go like this mm-hmm. and steamboat knew what that meant. Right. Like just darting your eyes up to the top right hand corner, just look up and to the right and steamboat knew exactly what that meant. That's right. when you know you're in sync with your your partner, your opponent, your your dancing partner here. Yeah. What a great and spot that was. You don't see that very often anymore, but boy, that was a staple of wrestling. Yep. Powering up and then trying to get that backslide. I love a good backslide. We need more backslides in wrestling. I love backslides. Love backslides. Um and I'm sure Pond Water Dave does too. Oh, I'm sure if, if Lauren Yaffe had a backslide, he'd want to see it. Pondwater Dave. Uh, you think he grew a beard just, just for Lauren? Dude, he's going to try whatever look it takes to get her attention. You know, it got so heated that uh, Lauren Yaffe's husband had to call Pondwater, tell him to come fucking knock it off, cool down. Wow. Like, there's going to, I mean, this thing's going to end in like a. There's going to be a, you know, that show 48 hours on, on TV yeah. where something bad happens and they got to investigate it. Yeah. There's going to be a pond water 48 hours <laughs> in a, dis- <laughs> a love man. triangle with the, the flame, flaming hot Cheetos, fanatic wrestling fans, married couples, and a man with a golden eye. He lost his thumb one day and had it surgically repaired. Was she the nurse at the hospital that day? Have you Did that begin the relationship? You know the story about how he lost his thumb in New Orleans, right? There, there, there can't be a good there can't be a good story. There's no good story about losing your thumb. Well, he but, didn't he didn't actually lose it, but it looked like he was gonna. Okay. We go to this fancy restaurant. It's WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans a few years ago, and Big Booty Judy's with Cassio, and of course I have my lovely wife Megan, and Super Dave comes and brings his pal, and. um and, and they make me put on a jacket, right? So I like, I, I know this is a type of restaurant you wear a jacket to, but when I sit down, I take my jacket off and put it on the back of my chair and they come over and they say, no, no, you got to put your jacket back on. Mm. I have to wear the jacket during dinner. Yes. Oh, okay. God. One of those type places. I'm just giving you some context. Okay. So it's candlelit and everyone's mm. in hushed tones. And, yeah. uh, so they bring out the menu and. Uh, of course we all ask, Hey, what are the specials? Like, what would you recommend? Like, what's the, what's the thing to get? 
And the lady really puts over the sizzling oysters. And of course, Pondwater gets all excited and he's ready for that. Oh, and here we see, wait, check this out, man. He had him knocked out stone cold mm-hmm. and referee Tommy Young's on the outside. Mm. Let's track it here. Let's see what's going to happen. Daddy, the champion. Turn around, Ron. Well, it was too late. Rick goes down. Desperation pin. Hey, Tommy. His foot was Tommy. on the rope. His foot was on the rope. What are you doing? Tommy Young. Tommy. Shut. His foot was on the rope. Shut up. What do you mean? His foot was on the rope. <laughs> You've certainly seen a lot of exciting wrestling right here tonight. And I know Linda's just as excited about all of it as I've been, but we've got to go for now. So for Linda Curry and Magnum TA and the Superstation, I'd like to say good night. a different tone it is so what do you think thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle what do you think of superstars no, no, on a thumb, super station thumbs up thumbs i liked it i liked how we sprinkled in celebrities uh, with some very good wrestling and you know what you had a finish, it was a fuck finish, but you didn't have a, you didn't have a, uh, a DQ or anything like that. Right? No, I liked that. It was a finish and I liked yeah. that it was a heel deal. He put the foot on the ropes, but Rick pulled it off and hooked the leg. And then when the, when the, you know, announcer is trying to alert the referee flair, shut up. Yes. <laughs> so great. It's great. Okay. So, uh, uh, Oh yeah. So the, the sizzling the oysters, okay, sizzling. Okay. Uh, eventually they come out and man, it's a presentation. You know how, when you go to like a nice Mexican restaurant and they have fajitas on the menu, they're mm-hmm. going to bring you 19 little things. Like here's your tortillas and here's your cheese. And you got to make your own shit. So they bring all the kid out, but then they bring this pan that's on fucking fire <laughs> and it's got sizzling, uh, onions and meat and, and peppers and all that. But it's, it's like the most asshole thing ever, because first of all, you're going to make everybody at the table stink because there is just this, I mean, I I can't even describe the smokestack that goes through the restaurant, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. So they do this with the sizzling oysters and they sit them down in front and man, it's got everybody's attention because here comes a fucking little choo-choo train all the way through the restaurant. And it's a big presentation and Pondwater Dave is so excited. He's been driving all day from Mississippi and now he's here in new Orleans and he's ready for supper, man. So this is the first thing they present and he can't wait to dive in. Uh, so as soon as they sit those sizzling oysters down, those are his, he knows those are his, he didn't order them for the table. Those are Pondwater water Dave's and he reaches out to grab the oyster. Oh! <laughs> Let me add context again. They made me put my jacket on. It's candlelight. And everyone is talking like this. Our special today. And our chef is prepared. Ah! I'm not exaggerating. Just that loud. Just that immediate. And it's like a fucking cartoon. He pulls his finger back. He pulls his hand back and shows us his thumb. And it is a Fred Flintstone. Like you can see the blood pulsing through. You know his heartbeat. I knew how many BPMs there was right then. Cause I could see it very cartoon, like in his thumb, 
and me and Cassio look at each other and then Judy and then Megan. And we're all like, what the fuck just happened? And he yells, that shit's hot. And again, me and Cassio are just slack jawed as a motherfucker. Like it, you ordered something called sizzling oysters. <laughs> you reached for them. It's it, there's smoke all over the restaurant. <laughs> they're so hot. They're on fire. It's called sizzling. That's the name of it. And there's smoke all over our table and you just touched it. It was unbelievable. Oh, what a story. My point is pond water. Dave, not the smartest guy I'm friends with. He ain't scared of shit. And this whole thing with Lauren Yaffe is going to, it's going to end in an episode of 48 hours. And by the way, I don't know if this is the same lady or not, but speaking of murder mysteries, Linda Curry, when you Google her name, you mm-hmm. see a story about someone who died way too young. And there was a lot of investigative journalism and stories written on it. And it's a mystery, but I hope we get to find out more about her. But this was a fun episode of superstars wow. on the Superstation as we continue our journey through 1986. I think it's great. You know, you and I were talking about, uh, that we were going to go ahead one week because the, the, I guess the episode on the, what the six, the first, I don't know. The first episode on the first was not available on the network, but, and then you, you got in touch with me and said, Hey, we got superstars on the superstation. I thought, wow, what a great, what a great, uh, show for us to continue the stories that are going on here, uh, during Jim Crockett promotions, 1986, interesting to see where we do what we come out of it with now, you know, if, is Ronnie Garvin still going to talk about Ric Flair? Is that gone? Right. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they, they did these things to build the house shows and I'm sure Flair and Garvin are still going to be on house shows, but it'd be interesting to see where they're going from, from there. So, uh, well, we'll be back next week, of course. And, uh, it's going to be all about world championship wrestling from February 8th. So as a reminder, it aired a date after, or one day after this aired and, uh, on that show, uh, we've got the, uh, six man tag team champions. Of course, the Russians are going to be there. Uh, we're going to also have the the road warriors around dusty roads, baby doll, uh, Nikita, of course, he's going to be hanging around, uh, Ron Garvin is going to be in action. So we're going to be back on track next week here, February 8th, 1986. But right now, Tony, it looks like it's about that time. This matchup is going to be one-on-one Pondwater Dave against Nick Yaffe, the husband of Lauren Yaffe and uh, the uh, special referee is Matt Kuhn, who's just back, by the way, I should say from injury. And Pondwater Dave swings Wally Oh, and the thumb flies off. The reattached thumb is, is flies, flies off, and it is in the stands, but no one is looking because Matt Kuhn is showing everybody his scar. Matt, we don't want to see your fucking scar. Please, not on TV, not on social media. We're desperately out of time. See you next week on What Happened When? On Wednesdays, we're on Westwood One, but Mondays, we're on Patron. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip twinkle twinkle rose is here. But time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's Day when she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets, and you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. 
Go now to see this real 24-karat gold rose deeply dipped in pure 24-karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky. Exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24-karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, daughter, or sweetheart, and it says, I'm so lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Stephen's Famous Roses. Roses started only $59. Go right now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, before I let you go, I want to leave you with one last thing. If you're on the fence about going to SaveWithConrad.com, you're not sure if we can actually save you some money, I thought what better to do than to let you hear from an actual customer this is a video message from satisfied client and friend of the family. Now, Mr. John Largent. Hey, Derek, this is John Largent in San Antonio. I just wanted to thank you and Jennifer and the team at first family for helping us with our mortgage. You guys were phenomenal. You were easy to reach out to and connect with and stay in constant contact with until the deal got done. I can't say enough good things about you guys. It's made a huge difference in our lives and I am going to recommend you to everybody that I know. And I'm a podcaster. I do podcasting for a, for a, a living. And so if you guys ever need uh, any free advertisement, you're going to get it through the network of shows that we do here because you have been phenomenal and I can't say enough. I wish you guys a, a happy new year. I feel like I know you, man. And uh, that's the way you guys made us feel as clients. So I really do appreciate it. And I wish you and uh, the team there at First Family all the best in 2021. Thanks a lot, man. Bye-bye. Hey, man. And happy new year to you. I'm glad we were able to help your family. But now I want to help your family. That's right. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much find out right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket and we're licensed in more than 40 States. What are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention if you haven't already made this month's house payment, you can skip your next two house payments. That's right. Your single biggest bill. You're just going to keep all that cash. Let's get the new year started. Right. Let's make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. The Ed Milet show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 